It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5740. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872. The builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark. Home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook. America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.com. US. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. And welcome to Sports X Radio. It is another Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke at the helm. We taped this show Friday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. again. So just to get that out there, make sure that you check weather, injuries, things that could update, including spreads, totals, lines, all that good stuff, because, again, things can change uh, as our show airs Friday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here, KDWN, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. Mark Hoke, I better get it out there now, of course, produces the show. It is the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, if you like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show. Just ask Brad Powers. Not only does he do the college football, but he's made appearances on the Mark Hoke Show. One appearance. I got fired after that appearance. Uh, did you? Well, hey, at least you got one show in. Yep. That's all that matters. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what can I tell you? I mean, he had to he had to cut you. I mean, when it's yeah. between you and Andrew Fishfane, it's really no contest. It was. I was out of my element, to say the least. Yeah. He said when he's desperate, he'll bring you back on for a Sunday, but it is a two-hour <laughs> show now, so you better brush up. We, of course, come at you at the PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, the best in personal injury now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley. My good pal, Brian Panish, enjoying a little R&R. I thought he'd be here for tonight's big game. Fresno State at UNLV, but he's not here. Brad Powers and I will probably be over there, so that'll be uh, interesting. USC also in action tonight against Colorado. But again, we're taping, so we're not going to get to those Friday games. We are going to get to 13 important games as far as the playoff goes. Right now, the playoff rankings out, of course. So we're going to get to those games. We will go over the other games rather quickly, spend some more time elaborating on these 13 games, then get into the NFL. Had the NFL game last night, Carolina beating Atlanta in the rain in a game that looked like a dead under, ended up at 40. So it just depends when and where you played that game. Uh, but PSBRlaw.com, check it out. Uh, Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You got the 702 down, jot it down for personal injury in the future, 830 
9353 Brad Powers, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, as always, KT. Another good week for uh, Mr. BP at Brad Power Sports? No, it wasn't. Uh, you know, Saturday went bad because of a couple of uh, big underdogs that were leading outright in the second half and came up short in New Mexico and uh, Texas Tech. Otherwise, it would have been a great Saturday. All right, even though I did tell you, my good pal Chuck Edel, big Cubs guy, every time he bets against the oh, Cubs, yeah. you had to bring he struggles. Why, I had to bring it up because you Notre, Notre Dame, you've been a backer, not only a backer, but somebody that went to South Bend with your family a lot when you were growing up. And this is a team you've picked against a couple different times this year, and they have stepped up big on big stages, Brad. Yeah, I'm going to have a new rule. Uh, I will recluse <laughs> myself from all Notre Dame games because I think lifetime percentage is probably 35%. Is it really? It's bad. Well, meanwhile, you're 65% on all the other games, so that's okay. We'll we'll take that because that is only one game. Uh, some shakeup as far as the rankings. We expected that, especially with Georgia and Tennessee. We'll get into that. I was surprised. You have, of course, bet me here in studio. You took Georgia. I took Tennessee. Tennessee was lucky to get to 13. I was just shocked that Hendon Hooker, who's up for the Heisman Trophy, never did anything different in the game. I get it's an offense that's based on timing, but if you don't have the time and you're being flustered inside the pocket, why will you not make adjustments and use your athleticism, get outside and create some havoc? I just didn't see that all day and I was blown away. Yeah, I wasn't surprised that Georgia won. I wasn't surprised that Georgia covered. I was surprised in the manner um, that being really low scoring game, holding at Tennessee offense to 13 points. And I mean, the other surprising thing is we've been, you have specifically about the lack of pass rush for Georgia. Wasn't an issue. Even without Nolan Smith, they got after Hooker a ton in that game. Jalen Carter made an appearance immediately. See, the Jalen Carter's, you know, coming into the season was supposed to be the best defensive line in college football. He's missed most of the season. He made his presence felt early. That was a terrible call. It should have been a, a safety. That bothered me. Agreed. Six sacks, eight tackles for for loss Georgia had in that particular game. Remember back uh, just a little bit ago, they had seven sacks. They had given up seven sacks. I was like, this team can't get any pressure. And then Nolan Smith, their leading sack guy, he goes out. So I think they're going to be in trouble trying to get a pass rush. But they've reeled off nine successive sacks without giving up one. And we'll get to Stetson Bennett because this guy is the perfect college quarterback that just Agree. keeps on winning, right? Just keeps on winning. All right, Brad Powers, you know how we started off on uh, Fridays. Now, again, we're not going to – we're still going to touch on every game, but I'm not going to get into the statistics from last game and, and even throughout the year with a lot of these uh, games because these other 13 games we want to focus in on. I also want to get Brad's take as I go through the remaining schedules with the teams that will have a chance to get into the playoff. But we do have injuries and we do have streaks that will start off. Let's go right now. We'll go to the streaks. This is against the spread, and Brad will probably add some if I, if I did forget. Against the spread, as far as win streaks against the spread, Louisville has won four straight, Oregon five, Tulane five, UConn six, Ohio's already played, they have six, and North Texas has six. Did I miss any? Nope. As far as losses, uh, Kent State broke a five-game losing streak, so they're not relevant right now. We have games going uh, with Tulsa and Cincy uh, prior to. Uh, they are at four, but we have Maryland, New Mexico, and UAB. They have all lost four straight against the spread. Washington has dropped five straight against the number. And if you bet against Cristobal and Miami, eight straight times you've been victorious because they have lost eight straight against the number. 
That's incredible in today's day and age, especially a very public team, eight in a row, by an average of 16 points per game, too. Not even close. There you go. All right, so overs on the streak. Uh, We've got Penn State, four straight overs. Houston, four straight overs. Auburn, believe it or not, four straight overs. Had a big second half last week. La Tech, five straight overs. And then the leader is Baylor with six straight overs, Brad. You got them all. Unders, Troy, four. Ball State, five. Kentucky, five. Western Kentucky, five. Iowa State, five. UConn, five. And Cincinnati, five. Marshall has six straight unders. And the winner, Missouri, eight straight unders, Brad. Missouri's defense is not getting enough credit. I mean, it's probably one of the more surprising units in all of college football. And, you know, teams have really struggled to get margin on this team, and we'll get into it. But I think Tennessee gets struggled to get margin on Missouri on Saturday. All right. We'll see how it uh, pans out. And Mizzou, of course, uh, remember the game against Georgia. They gave them a scare for the ages, and they were right there leading that game in the fourth quarter in Columbia. So we'll talk about Georgia as they go back on the road. and just when you think they're out of the woods, they may not be. I mean, they're we definitely didn't have a the, bet on that game. Well, I'm just saying they're they're okay. the they're the best defense. I I will I will end up probably betting that game. So I will back my again. It, to me, it's all about the start. If Mississippi State gets one of the first three touchdowns in that game, I think they cover the sixteen and a half. Okay. So if they're down fourteen seven, if they're down, you know, if they get out of it's a seven seven out of the gate then the Cowbells come into play much more than they do if they're down 14, 17, nothing. I agree, but, man, smart coaches usually have Mike Leach figured out. Right, and, but they also have to uh, figure out how to get the kids' emotions uh, back intact. These are a lot of young kids. you got some veterans there, but a lot of young kids. But you do have a veteran quarterback that's won uh, a national he's, title. He's, he's almost I'm, as old as me. Well, he's <laughs> not as old as Hendon Hooker, though, yeah. right? Hendon yeah. Hooker is 25, I yeah. think, right? All right, uh, here are your injuries, and Brad Powers will let me know where we stand. This is a key one for a game in the Pac-12 that does concern a team that's battling to get back into the playoff. Uh, they're still there, but they'd need a lot of things to go right. But those things can happen with a couple, uh, if they run the table, they only have one loss, and that's UCLA. They're going to take on Arizona. Jacob Cowing, knee, left last game, was listed as questionable. That is a key cog for Arizona and Jaden Delora. Uh, is he going go to go uh, tomorrow? Questionable. All right, so still questionable. Arkansas State running back Sneed, questionable. Auburn, Austin Troxell, the right tackle. He is out for the year. Jerkovic, quarterback, Boston College, questionable with a knee injury, Brad, last I saw. I think he's more doubtful than questionable. Did not practice earlier this week. John Rice Plumley, Central Florida, last I saw, questionable. Questionable. I actually think he plays, but I don't think he takes every snap. They'll play both quarterbacks, Keen and Plumley. And you like Keen better than Plumley. As a thrower, I do, and not turning the football over, I do. Bo Collins, wide receiver Clemson, he is out with a shoulder injury. Yep. Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall, not only is he out the regular season, he may miss the bowl game with a foot injury. Also linebacker Adrian Hope out for the year. I mean, the market feels Grayson McCall is one of the most valuable players in college football. Open 14, down to 5. That's yep. incredible. That is incredible, no question. For Duke, Jalen Coleman missed the last two games. Questionable uh, running back. Gets 5.3 yards per carry. Has four touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Colorado, Jordan Tyson, wide receiver. Their number one wide receiver. He's out for the year. That won't help them tonight against Southern Cal. Big loss for a limited offense. Georgia State, uh, Jamie Williams missed last game. 
He's their senior running back, but Marcus Carroll stepped up with 163 yards and three touchdowns for Georgia State's Panthers last week, so they may not miss Williams as much as they thought initially. Yeah, running backs don't mean too much. Georgia Tech, Jeff Sims, we thought he was going to play last week. He did not. Zach Pyron stepped in, had a decent game, threw an interception, a touchdown for 253. Is Sims back for this one? I don't think Sims plays the rest of the year. Good stuff, Brad Powers. What about Indiana? Connor Bazelak, he missed last week. Jack Tuttle couldn't get out of his own way. In fact, he got nicked up. Does Bazelak go for Indiana against Ohio State? He's expected to start, Bazelak. Jalen Daniels, he's been out for the last several for Kansas, and Jason Bean's been doing an adequate job. Doubtful for Daniels to miss this one as well? No, I think he's more questionable. Uh, but again, Bean's Bean was starting last year, so I mean, he's got a ton of experience. Started in North Texas, so it's not that big of a deal. Kansas State, Malik Knowles, Cade Warner both uh, nicked up, but both are probable for uh, the Wildcats in this week's game. Marshall, uh, Talik Keaton missed uh, last game, lower body injury, their number two wide receiver. Uh, I have him as questionable as well. Rakeem Jared, we know uh, he was banged up for Maryland last week. Is he out for this game with game a leg time injury? decision is what I last heard. All right, he and uh, tight end Corey Dykes lead that receiving core, and Talia Tungavailoa needs both of those guys in there. Miami of Florida, left guard Jalen Rivers is out. What about quarterback Tyler Van Dyke? He was listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. I think he can go this week. If he went, They said he's in a better position this week compared to last week. Keep in mind, he gave it a go. I mean, he got pulled, but uh, I think he plays. Not only Rivers, the left guard, but the right guard, Justice Oluwasin, also out for Miami. And then a couple of backups, Nelson and Dennis, are out as well. They're very thin on the O-line, Miami. <laughs> I mean, they're, they've been thin on offense all year from Liber- a play-calling aspect. Liberty with the big win against Arkansas, but they're down two running backs this week. Day-Day Hunter, he's out for the year now with a knee injury, and Shedro Lewis, who replaced him, is out as well. And uh, both of those guys are their two leading rushers for Liberty, so that puts a lot more pressure on quarterback Bennett, the youngster. Yeah, I did not know that. Those are two new ones to me, so thank you, KT. Yep, uh... Let's go to Michigan. Roman Wilson missed last game, number three wide receiver, uh, and also the number four linebacker on the team, Khalil Mullings. Both those guys listed as questionable for the maize and blue. What about Roman Wilson? He's a key receiver on that team. Did not look into that one, KT. Tanner Morgan from Minnesota left last game upper body questionable. Questionable. Nebraska, Casey Thompson out with an elbow injury. Yep. North Texas, Oscar Attaway out. He's a pretty good running yep. back, and he'll be out against UAB. Yep. Ohio State, Travion Henderson missed last game with a foot injury. Uh, we talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba every week. He's still questionable with a hamstring injury. But Travion Henderson, uh, Ohio State was able to run the, game, run the ball last week. That's how they were able to win the game in the ridiculous windy weather there in Evanston against Northwestern in a game they struggled mightily. Stroud only throwing for 70-plus. Uh, barely over that. He actually rushed, I think, for a, a few more yards than he threw. But what about Travion Henderson? Is he back to help out the Buckeyes? Uh, last I saw was questionable, but I, I, I need to look in, into that one further. Number two running back for Oklahoma. They've struggled uh, over the last several weeks, even with Dylan Gabriel back in the lineup. But Javante Barnes missed the last two games listed as questionable. Okie State, what about quarterback Spencer Sanders? Missed the last game uh, listed as questionable. What about it? I think he's more doubtful, but, I mean, we'll see. The line will move significantly. Moved six points last week. Oregon Chase Coda, uh, wide receiver, pretty solid. Missed last 
uh, game against Washington with an arm injury. Is he back for the Ducks? I do not know that one, KT. Israel Abanaconda missed last game. Questionable, undisclosed for Pitt. Questionable. South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd, solid running back. Questionable with that quad injury. He's got nine touchdowns on the ground. Does he go? Questionable. Southern Cal, of course, they're playing tonight, but they do have Jordan Addison back. Mario Williams was questionable. Goforth will play, and Eric Gentry, linebacker, was Just questionable. Just in time for the stretch. There you go. And they uh, want to get a game under their belt, although it should be like a scrimmage against Colorado. <laughs> uh, I did tell the guys, Mark Hoke and uh, Brad Powers, that I would walk back to Jersey if uh, USC lost that game outright to Colorado. So I want to get that in there and make it clear. It would have to be during the offseason over the next 12 years uh, from the show (laughs) because KT is up there in age. He'll have to have Hoke go with him at least a good half of the way. Hoke, you in for it? Okay, that's what I figured. All right, I can always count on Hoke outside of uh, producing the show. It's about all you can count on him for, getting up early and coming in for Dunkin' Donuts. The only way we can entice him to come in for the tape show. All right, uh, uh, Stanford. Boy, do they have any running backs left? E.J. Smith out. Caleb uh, Robinson was the only guy I saw that was listed as questionable. Filkins is out. Barrow, doubtful. And uh, so they went with uh, Mitch Liegeberg. They're supposedly going to go with Liegeberg, a safety. A safety. Just a couple weeks ago, a safety. Wow, unreal. Stanford, poor. I, we remember that with uh, Maryland with quarterbacks a few years ago. Yep. Like It went through every quarterback, and then some. they had a wide receiver playing quarterback. Uh, Syracuse, what about their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, listed as questionable, missed the last game? Questionable. I reached out to Syracuse beat reporter. He does think he, he plays this week. All right. Uh, TCU, Quentin Johnson, their number one wide receiver. They struggled last week out of a nice fourth quarter, but he missed the game last week. Or I'm sorry, he left the game last week yep. early with an ankle injury. What about Quentin Johnson? Wasn't practicing earlier this week. Tried to give it a go Wednesday. I think he plays, but I don't think he's going to be 100% effective. And you got to be if you're going to go against Texas. I agree. You better be ready. I mean, and without him, Duggan's got to find somebody else. I mean, there's there's another couple decent guys on their barbers. Not, Johnson's like a first-round wide receiver type. Yeah, that's a major drop-off, major loss. Uh, Texas State, I saw the number two uh, running back, Calvin Hill, out for the year. Uh, number one wide receiver, yep. Ashton Hawkins, out for the year. Wide receivers, Marcel Barbie and Javen Banks, two and three. Uh, both those guys were questionable, and Barbie missed last game. What about it for Texas State? Yeah, I mean, that's for a program like that, that's devastating. So, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if their coach is back next year. Quarterback Baron Morton, he came out last game uh, and and did not finish up. And then a wide receiver, Cleveland, Trey Cleveland, he's questionable. But what about Morton? He's out. Not, he's out. Not going to play. Tulsa, Davis Brin, their quarterback, uh, missed last game with a shoulder injury. Oh, but that was – they had a Thursday game. Sorry about night. that. They're limited. Yeah, I had that on there, and I did have no it for Thursday. Uh, UAB, what about Dylan Hopkins? He missed their last two games with a concussion protocol issue. He was questionable. Can UAB's questionable. quarterback go? But I think he's more probable and questionable. UCLA, they didn't need Zach Charbonnet last week the way they rushed the ball, but what about Charbonnet, their leading running back? He missed with a calf injury precautionary. Do they use him this week, or do they wait for the big game next week against Southern Cal? That's a good question. I think he plays this week, but he's probably on a snap count. Dalton Kincaid, wide receiver, tight end, slash combo there for Utah and Coach Whittingham. He missed last game with a shoulder injury. Uh, Jalen Glover, who's actually emerged as uh, the go-to running back, he left last game with a lower body injury. What about Kincaid and Glover for the Utes? Have not gotten into that one. I'm not sure that I would play him this week. Get him ready for Oregon next week. You're a 24-point favorite this week. 
Vandy, their young quarterback, A.J. Swan, last I saw, out with a yep, lower body out. injury. He is out. For Virginia, uh, top running back Paris Jones missed last game with an ankle injury, was listed as questionable. And then Wicks, Thompson, and Davis, all questionable, their top three receivers. Yeah, I mean, that's when you talk about cluster injuries, that's it right there, folks. That's the definition. They were all limited early uh, this week in practice, questionable right now. Uh, both right for uh, Wake Forest, their leading sack guy. Does he go against North Carolina? Ooh, I got to look into that one. He uh, missed last game, undisclosed, was listed as questionable. And then uh, for Western Kentucky, Robichaux, their number one running back, he missed last game and uh, was listed as questionable. Those were the ones that I had, Brad Powers. You hit every single one, KT. You did good. All right, we did good. Uh, Let's get into some of the games now, and uh, let me just scroll on down and roll through the games. And again, there's 13 games that we are not going to get into. Uh, We're going to run this segment for another couple minutes, and then we will... Of course, take a break. SportsX Radio, 8 to 10 p.m., Monday through Friday, 101.5 FM, 720 a.m. If you miss any part of the show, including the Friday football fiasco, the archives go up by 10 o'clock. Well, they get, I get the, uh, uh, the, the, the deal of the show with no commercials. Mark does a great job cutting that up. I get that at about 10 after 10, so by 11 o'clock Pacific time, it will be up with no commercials. And you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Facebook. So jot those down if you uh, don't have them. And that's why we do the injuries and the weather at the top. We did not get into the weather yet. And that's the one thing that I did want to get into. So we'll do that when we come back after break, Brad Powers, and then we'll get into the games. Uh, Real quick, Brad, anything from Tuesday or Wednesday, match in action, and uh, also Thursday with Memphis (laughs) beating Tulsa and Georgia Southern getting hammered pretty good by UL Lafayette. Yeah, Louisiana has a first-year coach, and they've kind of found their way here recently. So I would say that that big plus mark for them here the last few weeks. Uh, but you know, last week they had a very misleading loss against uh, the Troy. Uh, Troy scored the last twenty-three points of the game. What about Buffalo? Here's a team got out to a great start. They're six-two and one against the spread, but all of a sudden CMU comes back with just a an incredible comeback. Couple big-time plays, including one where it looks like the back is down, but somehow stays it's a quarterback. Up. I got to look into him. It's a new quarterback for them. That I mean, looks like Lamar Jackson type player. So he ran for uh, almost three hundred yards as a quarterback. So that that's a guy. I don't even know his name. I got to look into it, dive into it, and see. He's he was like the third string guy coming into the season. Yeah, that'll change things as far as uh, the Chippewas' offense, no doubt. But it was a play where he looked like he was down, but was able to stay up and uh, was on top of another player and never did have a knee or any other body part hit. Uh, the ground and then took off and all of a sudden all the defensive players for Buffalo is like, what's going on, man? We better run after this guy and they couldn't catch him and uh, actually angled him out about the five, six yard line, but he stopped and was able to get all the way into the end zone. Very impressive with Central Michigan coming back and beating Buffalo. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we'll get into the NFL as well. We've got a game in Germany this week, Seahawks and the Buccaneers. Thursday night game, Atlanta took it on the chin against Carolina. Very impressive defensive effort again by the Carolina Panthers. They shut down my man, Marcus Mariota, and uh, that not good for KT's win total. Still need one more for the Falcons in their last eight games. They better get it. That'll do it for our first segment. SportsX Radio 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. KDWN, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke. We are coming at you again live PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. And again, you miss any part of the show, archives up by 11 o'clock. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson.
Mark Hoke's been in the hits on a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers taping the show Friday morning, airing 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here at KDWN. If you didn't know, we do have an FM side, 101.5, 720, the oldest station here in the Vegas Valley, 720 AM KDWN. Uh, pointed this out last night. Again, condolences for the uh, Hickman family, Fred Hickman, a longtime sportscaster and really made his name there with Nick Charles on CNN. They did a great nightly show, uh, passed away at age 66, uh, had transitioned from Atlanta over to New Orleans, and uh, he will be missed. He made several appearances uh, on the hotline over here on SportsX Radio from Atlanta initially and then from New Orleans. So uh, just 66 years young, Fred Hickman, he will be missed. Also, today, Veterans Day. KT, a veteran, uh, my good buddy, buddy Noah Parker, I uh, talked about the Marine Corps yesterday, their 247th birthday, and the day after, of course, falls 11-11 right here, Veterans Day. For all of you that have served, for all of you that are still serving, we thank you big time from SportsX Radio, Beasley Broadcasting, Brad Powers, echoes those sentiments along with Mark Hoke and Ken Thompson, and I uh, hope you're enjoying your Veterans Day evening right now listening to SportsX Radio. And uh, there also was a passing early this morning, a comedian that most of you know from smashing watermelons Gallagher passed away this morning he had been fighting organ failure over the last several months Leo Anthony Gallagher dead at the age of 76 and condolences and prayers for the Gallagher family as well all right Ken Thompson Brad Powers rolling on through now again there's 13 games that we will focus in on we're going to uh, breeze through the other games first we'll spend more time elaborating on games that really matter as far as playoff rankings we do want to get weather in and again this is Friday morning this was taken uh, by me probably about 10 minutes ago and these are the games that look like they're going to be affected again check uh, you know tomorrow uh, prior to game and make sure but initially this is what we have and this has been consistent Liberty at UConn uh, still a 90% chance of rain it will be 69 degrees scheduled in Connecticut uh, for the game 11 miles per hour so Jim Mora Jr. Brad Powers he's going to feel like he's back in uh, Pasadena or Westwood. <laughs> yeah, the front's coming through there this line's been bed down significantly in total. All right, LSU at Arkansas uh, could be down around 32 degrees in Fayetteville, 13 to 14 mile an hour winds. Rutgers at Michigan State, 40 degrees, 14 miles per hour winds. Now it gets a little bit more dicey. Vandy at Kentucky, 95% chance of rain, but that could turn to snow showers uh, scheduled to start about two hours prior to kickoff and should be about 15 to 20% during game time. So keep an eye on that. It, naturally, if it gets under 32 degrees there in Lexington, you could have some snow showers. Indiana at Ohio State, they're expecting rain to snow showers and could turn to snow. And this is 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's a 12 noon kickoff there in Columbus. Also at Michigan in Ann Arbor, 67% chance of rain. 11 miles per hour. They don't anticipate getting under the freezing point there in Ann Arbor during game time. Temple at Houston, 14 miles per hour wind. Same thing with Wisconsin at Iowa. 
And uh, those two, we just want to get that in there so you're uh, aware of potential wind. FAU at FIU, supposed to be right around 100% chance of rain, but doesn't surprise you with these Florida schools. Boise State at Nevada, that's a 7.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. 41% chance of snow showers right around kickoff through the first hour or so of the game up there in Reno. Maryland at Penn State, 86% chance of rain there in Happy Valley. And North Carolina Wake Forest, an 86% chance of rain in Winston-Salem. And that could hamper the passing attack between May and Hartman. And that's the first game on the docket as far as rotation order. And we're going to skip that game. We're going to come back because that game does have meaning as far as potential playoff. We go 1 through 15 as far as that. And we're going to get into that heavily in the uh, latter part of the college football talk, and then we'll get into the NFL here on the Friday Football Fiasco, SportsX Radio. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Florida State, Syracuse. Uh, you got a pretty solid Florida State team coming in 6-3 and three straight up, 6-3 and three against the number. Dino Babers in Syracuse, that's the same numbers they have, but they have not played well. And, of course, we talked about Schrader, their quarterback, missing Brad. What about at Florida State? They're at Syracuse in the Dome, FSU minus 7. Norvell doing a pretty decent job there with the Knowles, 51 the total. And this is a team that can move the ball up and down. Travis is solid. I like the way this offense moves, and, and they're really starting to get separation against some teams that have struggled to put points on the board. And Syracuse is a team that has struggled offensively over the last several games. Yeah, it all comes down to whether Schrader can play or not. Questionable as we're doing this. So uh, I, even if he plays, I, I like the Knowles here because, I mean, it's just two teams heading in opposite directions. You mentioned Syracuse struggling. Well, they're struggling because they're playing better opponents. This is the fifth straight top 40 opponent. They have multiple starters out for the season on defense. Florida State for me. There a borderline go. top 10 team. That's how good I think Florida State is. All right, the Qs, you know, they dropped three in a row. The questionable calls in the game against Clemson. But uh, nonetheless, you know, when you're playing shorthanded with a quarterback that's banged up, if he cannot go in this game, you're going to be up against it. And that's why Florida State, a seven-point road favorite, 51 the total from the Dome. Liberty and Connecticut. And talk to me about Hugh Freeze, former SEC coach. His team now favored by 14, total of 45. Talking about Jim Moore Jr. and could be inclement weather there in stores Connecticut. But at the end of the day, this is a Hugh Freeze coach team that's going to transition to Conference USA but Liberty pretty solid taking out Arkansas on the road. And I know K.J. Jefferson not 100%, but I don't much care. I'm pretty impressed with what Hugh Freeze is building over there with the Liberty Flames. Yeah, I don't know why this team isn't getting enough pub for the group of five big bowl bid because their only loss is by one point against Wake Forest on the road. And that's a game that Liberty, you go in the box score, should have won the game. They were minus three in turnovers. So uh, he's doing an outstanding job. You would say flat spot here, but I just think – defensively, Liberty is going to shut down Connecticut's offense. So I actually lean Liberty here. Yeah, my sister, SportsX Michelle, right now working on the old doctorate over there. Liberty, online, loves it. And I will make it there when she gets her degree. Uh, probably uh, a year and a half, two years I'll away. I'll be there next uh, summer. That's the trip. That's one of your uh, That's my trip. I'm doing deal. ACC country. There you go, Brad Powers. How many have you visited now, college football? 40. College football stadiums, I'm going to do 25 on that trip alone, though. Give me your top three that you visited so far that you love. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I like the town of Manhattan, Kansas, for Kansas State okay. quite a bit. Uh, holy cow. I mean, another show, KT. All right, I, that's cool. I, I blindsided you, man. Yeah, that was you good did. stuff. That was good. Uh, Maybe by the end of the show, I'll come up with it. As I was going to say, as you know, 
we don't talk prior to the show on Friday football fiasco. So everything, and, and that's the thing. I'll go back and listen to the archive as well. And a lot of times I've got to, so I pick up some of the things that Brad says that go through one ear and out the other during showtime right here in Las Vegas. All right, uh, next game up on the docket, Virginia Tech and Duke. And another team I'm very impressed with is Duke. Uh, the offense is solid. You've got a quarterback, Leonard, that runs the ball real well, a good dual threat. And this is a fun team, and a lot of people thought this team would struggle this year, but they've impressed me the way they've moved the ball. The defense is good enough. They're minus 9.5. They're at home in Durham against Virginia Tech, 49.5. Yeah, I can't catch up with Duke and what the market feels like they are and where I have in my power ranks. I've upgraded Duke more than any team in the country. I think Mike Elko has done as good a job as anybody in the country being his first year. You're right. Leonard gives you a run threat that you wouldn't think looking at him. But uh, with all that being said, I'm going to lean Virginia Tech. All right, here we go. Back to uh, Brad's old stomping grounds. <laughs> Notre Dame against Navy. Notre Dame minus 15 and a half, 39 and a half. And, of course, the Irish coming off the beatdown of Clemson led that game 28 nothing before the Tigers were able to get on the board. Uh, Navy in Annapolis could have some inclement weather there. Uh, but Notre Dame minus 15 and a half, 39 and a half. But sometimes it doesn't matter how Kenny Niamatlo's Navy team has played and throughout history, sometimes Navy's able to hang with Notre Dame. Notre Dame dominates the series as far as wins uh, and had a streak that was just umpteen games for a long, 43. long time. What was it, 43? Yeah, 43. Wow. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's amazing. But Navy, you know, they're still going to go in there toe-to-toe. Can they cover 15-and-a-half? Because this offense has been anemic at times. The money's been on Navy. I'm part of the Navy money. I, you know, more often than not, bet against Notre Dame. Uh, I lean Navy, but I actually, I like my number better than the current number. I got it at 17 and a half. There you go. Brad Powers jumps on those numbers early at Circa. Somebody got 19. Wow. One me. 19 and you got 17? 17 and a half. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen you. No, I'm telling you. you I you're a point and a half numbers. to the bad. What the, what the heck, Powers? I know, it's terrible. That's it. It's, it's amazing cover still employs you. Incredible, Brad Powers. Wow, I'm really discouraged. For In fact, Mark, Mark, Mark Hogue just walked away from the studio. He's very discouraged as well. Uh, next game on the docket, we've got <laughs> Oklahoma at West Virginia. OU and Dylan Gabriel. Look, he put up pretty good numbers last week, but they still found a way to lose. This defense, what defense? I mean, it's amazing when you have a guy like Brent Venables coming over, one of the best defense coordinators year in, year out. I get it if Oklahoma struggles. But on the defensive side of the ball, you would figure there'd be some personnel that would be okay that he'd be able to mold into, you know, at least a team that was slowing down other offenses in the Big 12. They've had trouble even doing that. They go to Morgantown, a team that's been banged up running back-wise. They lost one in Donaldson. Uh, Bennett was banged up last I saw. What about uh, Oklahoma? I mean, Mathis was banged up. Oklahoma against West Virginia in Morgantown. OU, an eight-point road favorite, 68-and-a-half. And I know West Virginia's banged up, but... I just can't lay points on the road with Oklahoma. Couldn't agree more. Anything over a touchdown, lean West Virginia. Pittsburgh at Virginia, another team, Pittsburgh, that I think is better than their record. Uh, you know, Keaton Slovis and Pitt coming in for Narduzzi, five and four, three and six against the number. They're at Virginia, but we talked about the slew of injuries for Virginia, especially on the offensive side of the ball with all those wide receivers being questionable. And uh, a team that struggles anyway to put up points total. That's why it's sitting at 40. Pitt is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. But money did come in on Virginia this week. What's your take on that one? You know, I, I money came in on Virginia very early, but then I played against it and laid four with Pitt. So I'm taking Pitt, uh, and I'll still lay the four-and-a-half here, and I also like the over. I think the total is way too low, I, even if Virginia's got issues at wide receiver. 
Real quick, Manhattan, Kansas, my favorite college town. Favorite stadium, Kinnick Stadium. I love that that setup there. Small school. I like the glass bowl in Toledo still, and I've seen like 30 different small schools. All right, so the cool thing, too, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa, and they set it up and they bring uh, some kids. Uh, some yeah, of them they have a hospital Ill, right there. Right, and, they, and they have them so they can actually see the field down there, and then they do a traditional wave from the players yep. up to the, uh, the patients in the, in the children's hospital. I love that. That's, that's yep. what it's all about. Very clean. They had like a row of corn leading up like to the main stadium gates. They have like you walk through a bunch of corn. Actual corn stalks. Wow, that was kind of cool. cool. Yeah, uh-huh. a little Field of Dreams action there, and uh, that's impressive. You would expect to see that too from Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Uh, but those two, states I didn't like Nebraska. States. No, to be honest with you, I didn't like Lincoln, and I they were working on the stadium, but I just I didn't get a good feel there. And I go in, I'm very positive. Yeah. Like I'm, I think Ball State's great. I think a lot of these you know little schools and all these schools are great, but I didn't I didn't like Nebraska. Reason? I can feel negativity. Well, the program's been yeah. trending downward since Ole Osborne left a long time yeah. ago. And, and even bringing back one of his disciples in Scott Frost, I know there was a lot of optimism, but now that he's gone, it's, uh, it's tough. And I, I think they're grasping at straws. It's a shame to see that team transition into the Big Ten, and you still don't even think about them too much as far as being in the Big Ten. Agree. Because they're just not relevant in the Western half where you thought they're in the better half. They should be able to at least get into to some games against Wisconsin and or Illinois or Northwestern or Iowa, whoever they have to play. All those teams own chance, them, right? They can't be Wisconsin, can't be Minnesota, can't beat Iowa. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not good. And of course, when you play the uh, other teams from the East, oh, you're really up against bat. it, no doubt. All right, uh, next game on the docket. Indiana at Ohio State. We're going to pass that one up. We're going to come back to that game. Missouri at Tennessee. We're going to pass that one. Maryland at Penn State. Pass that one. Again, we're going to come back to the 13 main games. Let's go to Boston College, North North Carolina State from Raleigh. NC State minus 19, 41-year total. Morris, the quarterback, leading the way. Uh, look, they're doing a pretty good job. And defensively, they really got after it last week. They did, and Morris is a high four-star type kid, one of the higher-rated recruits that they've had, giving them a little bit of stabi- stability there. So I'm going to lean NC State. NC State in the game. Again, minus 19 total, 41, another low total. Uh, lean and over. With Jerkovic, uh, you think he doesn't play? I don't think he plays. I kind of okay. like the Moorhead kid. Threw, for over th- you know, threw 300 yards last week. All right, South Carolina at Florida. Uh, Beamer ball going into Gainesville. A very uh, positive thing happened for Florida today. You had a flip on Jaden Rashada, uh, the number seven ranked quarterback. He flipped from Miami to Florida. I like that. It's going to be a lot of flips uh, with NIL money and stuff coming up. College football in December is going to be something, folks, to say the least. So Florida minus eight in Gainesville, 59-year total against the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Did not bet it. Didn't see value side or total. Pass. Florida sitting at five and four, Vandy at three and six, and or I'm sorry, uh, South Carolina. Let me see that. South Carolina sitting at six and three. Both teams five and four against the numbers. Speaking a of big game for both coaches. There you go. I was going to say, speaking of uh, Vandy, they are the next game on the docket. Game one forty nine. They're in Lexington against Kentucky. And talking about inclement weather there, Mark Stoops and the guys. They need a win, a good solid game. Christopher Rodriguez hopefully can have that game for the Wildcats. They're minus 18. That's a big number uh, to lay for that type of offense. But Levis and the guys hoping to get after it. 47-year total against the Commodores, who are really struggling under Clark Lee. Yeah, so I was leaning towards the over, but you're telling me the weather's not going to be good. So now I'm going to take Vanderbilt, the big dog. 
Vandy plus 18 against Kentucky. Uh, Nebraska at Michigan. We're going to go through. We're going to skip that game coming back. Again, that's got playoff implications there. Miami of Florida, again, minus eight as far as straight eight straight losses against the spread. Absolutely unbelievable. Cristobal back in Miami first year. It has not panned out. Georgia Tech, a one and a half point home favorite. 44 year total. You're telling me Sims is going to miss this game. So uh, what about Georgia Tech? They're going to be able to take care of uh, Miami of Florida and hand them their ninth straight loss against the spread? No, I like Miami to win outright. All right. So Brad going against the streak. A lot of guys won't go against against the streak. streak. All right, well, so I got to play numbers. I mean, this number is unbelievable. Georgia Tech's favorite. I mean, Georgia Tech's, are, you know, at least most of the season, we thought they were the worst team in the ACC. I agree. Georgia Tech minus one and a half, 44-year total. Tech at home. Louisville at Clemson. We'll skip that game. Kansas at Texas Tech. Let's go there. Again, Leopold doing a nice job there. Uh, Daniels potentially could be there, but Jason Bean, I agree with you, has done an adequate job, the starter from last year. They go into Lubbock. Look, Texas Tech had TCU on the ropes. Uh, Texas Tech minus 3.5, 64 is your total. What about the Texters and McGuire's boys? Can they get it done against Kansas? Because Kansas just finds ways uh, to either cover, get wins. And and I'm impressed. When you lose your quarterback that was pretty much uh, your spark plug at the beginning of the year, I got to hand it to Leopold. He's one of the better coaches in the country. No question. I mean, that's where Nebraska should go to. Uh, I'm just hint, hint, wink, wink. But uh, I want to take Tech, but they're banged up. So it's kind of a pass right now. I did bet Tech earlier this week. Lines moved against me. Another one. You know, that's two strikes against me. I laid five. Terrible. Very rare, Fire Brad me. Powers. Two of them moving against you. Closing line value, what are you, 85%? Yeah, 80% in that BS. That's impressive. That is impressive. My goodness. All right, uh, move on down. SMU, the Ponies, they are at South Florida. We know South Florida made a coaching change. Well, at least uh, the coach no longer there. There were rumors that John Gruden has that job if he wants it. Just a rumor? Just rumors. All right, just wanted to get that out there. He does Uh, live in Tampa. South Florida, plus 17.5 in Tampa, 72-year total against SMU, and we know the Ponies can flat-out score points. What's your take on this one? I mean, that game against Houston, that was absolutely unbelievable, the, the, just the amount of points and the, the yardage. It was crazy. Most points ever in regulation in college football history, 77-63. SMU's going to put points on the board. I didn't bet the game side or total. Who 140 knows? total points. That's yep. absolutely phenomenal. In regulation. That is amazing. Yes, uh, like the halftime score, you you had the over thirty five. Yep, you had the over big time by halftime, and it was a high total, right in the seventies. Yep. Wow, very impressive there. All right, so uh, SMU South Florida. Did you say who you like? Pass. You're going to pass on that one. Okay, too many points there for the Ponies. Southern Miss, Frank Gore Jr. and company at Coastal Carolina. We talked uh, a little bit about Grayson McCall missing this game for Coastal Carolina and probably, and probably will miss uh, not only the regular season but a bowl game as well. And the line dropping, Brad said, from 14 all the way down to 5, 48-year total. Southern Miss catching 5. Can the, uh, the can the boys from Hattiesburg cover that? Or does Coastal now have it manageable that even with a backup quarterback they should be able to cover? I bet Southern Miss plus 12.5. Again, didn't get the 14. Somebody beat me. Uh, I'm going to lay five, though. I think Carpenter's got plenty of experience. He can't throw like McCall, but he can run. So uh, I like minus five, Coast. I'm hedging back. All right. There you go. It's a nice fat nine-point middle. What the heck? Might as well. Uh, UL Monroe at Georgia State. Panthers playing pretty good ball of late yep. and really moving that football. They're minus 13.5 at home, 58.5 against Terry Bowden's UL Monroe Warhawks. 
that I had on the money line last week, and I had to avoid a missed field goal by Texas State with, and it was a chip shot field goal. But thank God in college they have some of these whacked out angles, and the kick was no good, and they won it by a point. And they were down twenty one nothing in the first quarter of that game against Texas State. I didn't. Put, I, I didn't bet. Uh, I wouldn't bet it at the current numbers. I did take ULM plus fourteen and a half. All right, so ULM plus fourteen and a half. It's thirteen and a half now. Appalachian State, one of the most crazy teams to bet whether you're on or against them just a hard team to figure out they're minus 147 and a half you remember you know a hail mary they were able to beat troy on yeah. i mean uh crazy game against north carolina early on yeah. and going to texas a&m and winning brad i think appalachian state is just a team i don't want to bet on at all and then you look at marshall this Same is thing. one of the teams that goes into south bend and beats notre dame I don't want to touch this game. Appalachian State's minus one on the road, 47 and a half. Couldn't agree more. Didn't bet it. All right, good deal. I didn't know if you were going to jump no, on Marshall I should have bet the over, but, I mean, Marshall's a tough team to bet the over, and they're really good defensively. They can run the ball. James Madison got their lunch handed to them last week. They thought they might have a chance to uh, spring an upset, but not the case. The Dukes now are on the road, back in conference against ODU, laying 846 and a half against the Monarchs. So what you're starting to see is what I anticipated at the start of the season, why I bet under their win total, James Madison. You know, they're, they're not used to playing FBS competition week in and week out. They won, they've lost three in a row. So I'm going to lean old, old Dominion here. The only uh, great saving grace there is Old Dominion's dropped three in a row. That's Both teams true. have dropped three in a row against the spread, and the last three Old Dominion games have gone under the total. Central Florida and Tulane. It's a Tulane team that uh, has that one blemish against Southern Miss. Otherwise, they're unblemished and uh, could be knocking on the door as far as in the playoff rankings. But it's a Tulane team that's at home in New Orleans. You said uh, Rice Plumley could go, but they may not need him. You like Keen, the other guy, a little bit better as far as at least running the ball. Tulane's passing. minus one. Or pass, I'm sorry, passing the ball. Uh, Tulane's minus one, 54 the total. This is a game I want to watch. Why not? I mean, I think it's a really good matchup. Uh, I like Central Florida here. Better team, yards per play margin, yards per game margin, points per game margin. They played the tougher schedule. Used to playing in bigger games. Central Florida for me. All right. So, again, you're going against another streak. It's five in a row for Tulane straight up, five in a row against Sometimes the Sometimes the number. streaks makes that team expensive. Yep. No, no question. Tulane, eight and one straight up, eight and one against a number. So if you've been bitten Green Wave football this year, you're making some money. That's why they're favored. There you go. Northwestern's at Minnesota. Minnesota and PJ Flex boys at home, minus 18. They're lucky they're indoors, Brad, because it's going to be nasty outdoors. Outdoors. Oh, they are. So it's going to be nasty weather. So I didn't get that one in. There is going to be nasty weather in Minnesota. I'll check the exact weather because we're about to go to a break uh, as we're nearly halfway home in about a minute. But I'll check on that Minnesota at home, uh, minus 18 against Northwestern, who just played in nasty weather in Evanston and gave Ohio State a run for their money, had a 7-0 lead, lost the game 21-7, but Fitzgerald's boys were ready to play. Anything over 17 taking Northwestern in a low-scoring game. All right, so when we come back, we will pick it up with game 173-174, Purdue at Illinois. Brett Bielema still wondering what happened in Champaign against Michigan State as Sparty really came to play. I give Coach Tucker a lot of credit for getting the green and white ready for that game. SportsX Radio, again, archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. You miss any part of the show, you can go back, check it out, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Facebook. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke, of course, running the show, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., professional wrestling at its finest right here in the Vegas Valley. We are live from Vegas. We'll keep it rolling here. Hour number two, we get into all the college football. In fact, 13 key games. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. And welcome back, Sports X Radio, hour number two, the Friday football fiasco on this Veterans Day. Folks, again, happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there on 11-11-2022. Pretty impressive, the number there. Uh, I'm, I'm a numerology guy. I just love numbers. And again, Veterans Day, being a veteran myself and having a lot of buddies uh, here in the Vegas Valley that serve their country as well, men and women, uh, appreciate all of you, especially the ones during wartime that did survive. And some of you old-timers out there, hey, we appreciate you big time. Without you, we're not even here talking and doing the Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7. Brad, real quick before we get going, you get a newsletter out there, those that enjoy playing the games. But those that are serious as far as playing the games, you've got a VIP service. Get that out there so people can still get involved and get that because you've been making a lot of money throughout the year. You've had a couple weeks that were tougher than others. But at the end of the day, your record overall this year is impeccable. Yeah, I mean, you can't win every week. This is gambling. I think I've only had two losing weeks so far this football season, so it's been a good one, uh, a great one, honestly. But uh, if you want the VIP service, you can check it out at bradpowersports.com. Great stuff from Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7. Follow the show at SportsX Radio, at Ken Thompson 87, at Mark Hoke Show. Those are our Twitter handles there. Purdue and Illinois from Champaign. Illinois stays there after getting beat last week by the green and white of Michigan State. Now that... Uh, they, they're there and kind of get that slap in the face. They go back to the Western Conference and take on Purdue, and uh, they're going to actually lay 6.5 points against Purdue, 44.5. And, and I'm not impressed with Purdue offensively. I know they have Aiden O'Connell and well, the Charlie, wind killed Charlie them Jones. Last week. I, I get it, but uh, you know Illinois still defensively, if you play a team that's a good defense, if they're able to get pressure on O'Connell, he struggles. Charlie Jones is his main go-to guy. What about it? Catching 6.5, do you like Purdue? No, I need seven. All right, so if it goes to seven, you'll be on Purdue. Yep, I agree. I think Bielema's guys bounce back, but I don't want to lay six and a half because it is an offense that, you know, is 
capable of being shut down at times, and they struggled in the weather last week as well. But uh, they did get beat by Michigan State, who was really fired up to just get back on the field and put that locker room or the tunnel incident against Michigan behind them. Texas State, we talked about them being all banged up. They're at South Alabama. I'll lay the 16-and-a-half in Mobile with the Jaguars, 46-year total. There you go. Agree. All right, good stuff from BP. Let's keep <laughs> yeah, it rolling. Well, no, yeah, no, you're, agree, you're shocked. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm shocked out of <laughs> there. I, I agree. I'm in agreement there. Speaking of Michigan State, they're back in East Lansing. Nine and a half. They're favored over Rutgers, but that number's down. And Brad Powers, I followed your lead because you like the Scarlet Knights. I did. I might be a little bit of a reason why that number's down because it started at 13 and it's been trickling down all week. And I like Rutgers quite a bit. Although at nine, if if you gave me nine and a half on Sunday, I probably wouldn't be on it. So just a lean now on Rutgers. All right, Temple at Houston, and again a Houston offense we know that can score. Temple, the Owls. Hey, Cade uh, Warner's playing pretty good ball, and his uh, team right now, the Owls. They may be three and six, but they are six and three against the number. The old game within the game, and uh, it's an Owls team that has covered their last three games. Houston's last four, as we told you, have gone over the total. What about Houston at home? Minus 20 big ones, 56 and a half against the Owls. You mentioned it, 20 big ones, too many points. I think Temple found some things offensively last week. Give me Temple. All right, Kansas State and uh, Baylor will come back to that game. Let's go to UMass and Arkansas State. Ark State minus 17 and a half, 49 and a half. Red Wolves at home. Didn't bet it. Arkansas State, they are 2-7, and seven, but 6-3 and three against the number. Rice also 6-3 and three against the number, but they play Western Kentucky. They're there against the Hilltoppers, who are 7-3 and three against the number. They're laying 13 and a half, 61 the total against Rice. I think Western Kentucky can cover this one. I think you're on to something. I originally bet Rice, but I'm hearing whispers of a flu bug for Rice. Wow, good stuff. And you were dead on as far as flu bug. The last game you gave out. a and uh, last A&M. week. Yep, that was quality information Told you Florida. right here. You got Sports a C-note winner off that, KT. Yeah, I know, I, I expected And you said no. You're like, no, I like a and I, I Well, I, I had played them. I had played okay. them prior well, to I helped that. You out. Then, no, yeah, exactly. So it was it was hard for me to get off it because the line had moved too much, so I couldn't get off it. So you know, it wasn't a. See, uh, I help you out. Like you, yeah, all, you, you, you come on here and talk about wins against me. I just help you out. I'm a man. I, who's of talking about wins against you, man? I, I, <laughs> I I'm like, uh, listen, I'm like Nevada or Arizona. I'm still counting. Okay. You know, I mean, I've got a. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I got all those wins, and you're going to beat me on that Raiders win total, and that's why I'm hoping that Atlanta at least gets one more win so I can get over that four and a half total on that one. Uh, let's move on down. Next game on the docket, we've got uh, Stanford. Utah will pass by that game. Arizona State at Wazoo. Wazoo six and three against the number. They're at home against in Pullman. ASU put up a ton of yardage and points against UCLA, but they gave up too much. Uh, Wazoo at home in the Palouse minus eight fifty nine and a half. Moline, Washington State. Couple sharp guys I respect are on uh, Cougars here. Cal gave USC all they wanted and then some. Look, Trojans were missing Addison and Williams receiving wise, but at the end it got dicey. Cal scored, went for two to cut it to six, but couldn't get the onside kick. And uh, USC ends up winning by six forty-one thirty-five. They go to Corvallis. It's a solid Oregon State team that's been a little bit banged up, but still they're seven and two against the number. What about the boys from Corvallis? Minus thirteen and a half total forty-nine against Cal. Yeah, as long as the weather's okay, I'm I'm with the over here. Oregon State's offense was limited because of the weather game last week, and I, Cal showed me something offensively last week. Come back to the next two Pac-12 games, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, UCLA. Let's go to San Jose State at San Diego State. Uh, this is a big one inside the Mountain West. Yep. What about San Jose State minus 2.5, San Diego State 40.5, and, and, of course, a, a different quarterback that's able to move the ball a little bit. Uh, what about the Spartans on the road 
Uh, we know, you know, Brennan's done a pretty good job over there two of the last three years. San Diego State, Brady Hoke trying to get this team to score points because the defense is usually pretty good. So I bet San Jose State plus two on Sunday. Now they're laying two and a half. Can't bet it now. If it went to three, do you go on San yeah, Diego State a little back. bit? I'll, I'll hedge a little bit back. Not nothing big, but, you know, maybe a C note or two on San Diego State if it got to three. All right, TCU at Texas. We'll come back to that one. How about uh, Texas A&M at Auburn? <laughs> Auburn under Cadillac Williams scoring some points. Big second half uh, as they push that game into overtime, and it is Auburn minus a point and a half at home, 48-year total against the Aggies and Jimbo Fisher. You know what? I think it's actually an intriguing game. I don't think either team's quit yet. Even A&M with the flu bug, I didn't think that they I know they lost by 17, but they didn't look like they quit and rolled over against Florida. So, in- interesting game that I don't feel like betting. How about the total of 48? Uh, A&M's last three have gone over. The over. last four for Auburn over. have gone over. In fact, you just talked me into it. I'm going to bet that as soon as I get off the air here. All right, there we go. Army at Troy. Troy, very solid squad, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Minus nine at home against uh, Army, 45 and a half. Yeah, I hate laying points against the option, but I think Troy's defense can shut down Army, so give me Troy. They are 7-2 and two against the number the Trojans are. Alabama, Ole Miss, we'll skip that one. We'll go to Iowa State against the Pokes of Oklahoma State. And we thought the Pokes could be in there as far as playoff talk. Spencer Sanders going down didn't help, but uh, at the end of the day, this team's struggling mightily, and uh, Coach Gundy really got on the fans there and said, hey, you know, understand that we've gone through some personnel problems and and yeah we just had you know a couple games including the game against Texas that we uh that we just were were bad uh your take on this one as uh, you have right now Oklahoma State catching a point and a half from the boys from Ames Iowa State and uh, Cyclones coming in on the road as a rare road road favorite in this game yeah, I mean, the line's telling you that Spencer Sanders probably doesn't play again. So I can't bet Oklahoma State if he's not playing. Good defensive battle, but a team that's moved the ball a little bit more offensively is Wisconsin. And who would have thunk that, you know, they're opening it up a lot more? I know last week the wind and whatnot played into Graham Mertz only thrown for 75 yards, whatever. But Wisconsin at Iowa, total is 35. Uh, this is going to be a good game. I, I mean, two teams that can play defense. Jim Leonard, though, a defensive coordinator, has that offense moving. He's changed things there. Can Wisconsin get the win? They still have Braylon Allen, pretty good running back, but uh, can they mix it up? I know it'll be a little bit windy there, but nothing too bad. Oh, so you like the over? I would, yeah. I would only yeah, play the game I over. bet 33.5 on Sunday. Way too low. I was moved to football the last couple weeks, too, finally, for the first time this season, so I lean over. All right, LSU and Arkansas will pass by that game, as will we pass by Georgia at Mississippi State. We'll get into the rest of the games here and close it out. New Mexico Air Force, uh, Air Force at 6-3. and three. Brad, you need, what, two more wins or one Two more? out of three, yeah. Two out of three. So you got the one last week. What about Air Force, the academy? They are at home, 21-and-a-half in Colorado Springs, 37-and-a-half against the Lobos. I like New Mexico here. I think Air Force a little bit. I mean, they haven't been a great favorite. They should have lost twice as a double-digit favorite. They got a losing record, even though they against the spread even though they've been favored in every game. I think New Mexico is better than their final scores indicate, like New Mexico uh, quite a bit. All right, so there you go. Lobos, uh, Charlotte at Middle, Cent- Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders at home, minus 11, 67 and a half. Stockstills boys uh, looking to you know, take care of business on the home field. They are 4-5 and five straight up, 4-5 and five against the number. Charlotte, uh, tough year, 2-8, and eight, but uh, looking to get a road win. What about it? They're catching 11 at Middle Tennessee State. And the uh, total, 67-and-a-half. That's a high total. It is a high total. I lean Middle Tennessee. Their quarterback's banged up. That's one to keep uh, mind of a little bit. Middle Tennessee's not getting widely reported. But Charlotte's so Jekyll and Hyde with the interim. Uh, pass. That's Cunningham, right? 
Cunningham, yeah. Okay, the other Cunningham. North Texas, hey, this team's playing pretty good ball. Uh, they've won six straight against the number. They're seven and three overall against the spread. They're at UAB. We were not sure if Hopkins was going to be able to go for UAB. Blazers are minus six on the home field, 58 the total. Minus six, that makes me feel like he's going to be able to go. Yeah, I mean, but UAB's tough luck season. They're 0-5 in games decided by seven points or less. They won their other four games by an average of 28.5 points per game. I'm going to lean North Texas, though. I don't know if I got La Tech in there. I think I did as five straight overs. La Tech, they're at Texas San Antonio against the Roadrunners indoors. 17.5 your, uh, is your line there for the Roadrunners' favorite at home. 68, a high total, but it's uh, warranted with La Tech being able to move the ball. And because they can move the ball, I think the you know back door is wide open here. Give me La Tech plus 17.5. Wyoming at Colorado State. Uh, you know, Coach Cole, uh, you know, this is, this is a, this is a good – Good, solid team, uh, Wyoming. Uh, Coach Bowl, Craig Bowl. Uh, of course, don't want to screw that up with Mark over there, former North Dakota State Bison coach. Uh, hey, Wyoming. You should have seen the glare that you got. I, I, can I feel can't it see the, it because I can't even see. The window here. Jeez. I, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Wyoming minus nine, forty-two and a half. That's okay. I, I already. I also, as I go back and listen to the archives, I called Josh Jacobs, Josh Jackson last week. So I you know what? Uh, when you get to KT's age, you're lucky you can spit out half this stuff. But your take on this one, Brad, uh, Wyoming minus nine on the road in Fort Collins against Colorado State and Coach Norvell. I didn't bet it, which says a lot since I made 50 bets. There you go. Florida Atlantic, the Owls against Florida International. A little rivalry there. Chula Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Florida Atlantic minus 15 and a half, 54 and a half. We expect rain for this one. You lay the points or take the points? I didn't do anything, but FAU's dominated this series. They've won five in a row by an average of 30 points per game. They've covered five in a row by 21 points per game. Wow. And then Boise State, we talked about the inclement weather against Nevada. Could have snow showers for this one. A night game from Reno. Boise State minus 21, 46 and a half against an offense that struggles a lot, but still big game as far as regionally. Uh, Nevada will be up for the game, and they are at home. Any chance Nevada covers, or are you going to lay the points with Boise? If pushed, if I if Mark gave me twenty bucks that he doesn't have, I would bet Nevada. All righty, last game: Utah State at Hawaii. Utah State laying ten and a half, fifty-two and a half against a Rainbow Warriors team that uh, have been playing better for a little bit. I like the under here. Hawaii's defense is better than you know. I know they just gave up fifty-five, but even in that game, that was a bad beat on the total. Hawaii scoring a couple touchdowns late, so Utah State in the under for me. All right, so let's go back to the top, and we go right to that first game on the docket, and it is North Carolina at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is minus four, total of 77 from Winston-Salem. And Drake May, all of a sudden, you look at this guy, 31 touchdowns, just three interceptions. Last week, threw for a couple touchdowns, 293, but he's rushed for four touchdowns and over 500 yards. Hampton pretty good out of the backfield. Downs after missing the first few games. He and Green, pretty good combo, receiving the ball. Gray and Echols, uh, they do the dirty work as far as uh, making tackles there for uh, the heels. But they are minus nine in the sack department, something to be concerned about maybe against Wake Forest. They've got to slow down Sam Hartman, who threw for 397 and a couple touchdowns in that loss against NC State. Problem there for the Deacons, they gave up four sacks, nine tackles for loss in that game. Ryan Samita Jr., every game this guy is up there leading them in tackles. Had 16-9 solo last week. A.T. Perry, Jamil Banks, outstanding receiving combination. What's your take on this one? Wake Forest now laying four in Winston-Salem, a total of 77. So I think there's two reasons why there's value on Wake Forest. Number one, North Carolina is not as good as their record. They're 5-0 and in games decided by seven points or less this year. 
And I think Wake Forest on the other side is underrated. Why? They're minus 10 in turnovers the last two weeks. They clean those up. They're the right side here. All right. Missouri's at Tennessee. Tennessee coming off the loss. The bubble was burst. But, Brad, I looked at it prior to, and I said, Tennessee sitting at number one, where are they going to drop? They drop out of the top four, but they sit number five. So we look at a scenario that if Georgia takes out the team from the West, say that's LSU, say LSU runs the table. And, and Tennessee to- crushed LSU on the road, so they would have that over LSU. There you go. Uh, but what if, yeah, I mean, I guess if, if Georgia wins – and their only losses to Georgia. There's a chance that both those SEC teams get get gets yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. What if LSU beats Georgia? No, Tennessee owns that head to head over LSU. But I'm saying, what if LSU beats Georgia in the, in the SEC championship game? Well, Georgia's still in, uh, and Tennessee's in. I think Tennessee's in great shape for the playoff. Great, just went out. I think they're in. Okay, so but you said but Georgia's in. Georgia's. But win. if LSU beats Georgia, they that's have what two I'm asking losses. you. I, I know, but they'd win the oh SEC. They, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. They would win the SEC. They'd have a one-point loss in their opener against Florida State, and yeah. they would have lost to Tennessee 40-13. to 13. I don't I get know, it. then. I don't Put I all know. three in. SEC invitation. No, exactly. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's just do it. All right. Maryland <laughs> Maryland, and Penn State. Uh, by the way, I, I do want to get your uh, your take, though, as far as Hendon Hooker, uh, his Heisman Ugh. chances. Uh, 195 and an interception. Couldn't run for anything. Got sacked a ton of times, six times. I mean, just I, I don't get it. You've got Tillman and Hyatt and McCoy. How do you not just roll out, do something to change up? Because he was a sitting duck and never really moved. Yeah, that 80-1 to ticket, that stinks. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, but ask me in a couple weeks. I think it's very fluid. I mean, there. I think there's six, seven guys that can win it. Just ask me in a couple weeks. The Heisman's become a flavor of the month. Whoever has the best game in the final couple games of the season, whoever watched actually watched the game, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. All right, so you think Missouri may have a chance to cover that number? I do. Defense, legit. 13 in the country yards per game, 17 in yards per play. Unders 8-1, and one, lower scoring game, Missouri. All right. Uh, just want to make sure that I didn't pass by, and I did. I did pass the Ohio State game, so I'll go back on that. But right now, that number, Tennessee minus 20.5, 56.5 is your total. Let's jump over then to uh, Ohio State, the Buckeyes. Uh, oh, no, we did. We, we covered the Buckeyes against uh, Indiana. No? no. No, we didn't. Okay, so I'm, let me uh, just find it. Here we go. All right, and Tuttle was the guy, the quarterback last week. Bazelak, you think, is back to start yep, this one. Yep. Uh, Josh Henderson, you know, pretty good back. Uh, Barner, McCulley, Simmons, decent receivers there for Indiana. But this team defensively, my goodness, Penn State uh, came after them last week, had 16 tackles for a loss, 45-14. Mm. Penn State took care of business, six sacks as well. Uh, Casey has uh, 43 solo tackles for Indiana out of his 70 on the season. And that game was tied 7-7 in Happy Valley after one, or I'm sorry, at home after one, but then they just got their doors blown off by Penn State. Ohio State, we talked about Stroud struggling because of the weather, the inclement uh, wind was ridiculous over there in Evanston. He only threw for 76, but he rushed for 79 yards and a touchdown. That was key. Mayan Williams did play. Henderson was not in the lineup. And Igbuka uh, only had two receptions for six yards, but he rushed twice, including a 15-yard touchdown that was key Harrison Jr. five receptions for 51 Stover uh, was in there as well and then Tommy Eichenberg this guy just continues to excel had 13 tackles 10 of them solo in the 21-7 win against Northwestern your take on this as the Buckeyes come in plus 15 in the sack department plus nine in the turnover department Buckeyes are minus 40 
total 58 and a half. Yeah, I can't lay 40, but I if the weather wasn't an issue, I'd really like the over because I think if there's an opportunity for Ohio State to, you know, after being, you know, suppressed last week because of the weather, I think I mean, if they're going to score, they'll put a few more on to to boost that Heisman candidacy for uh, CJ Stroud. There you go. And I got to give Penn State credit. You know, you come off the tough loss against Ohio State. We bet that one, didn't we? Uh, We we may have. Did you were on? No, 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 yeah, we did. No, no, for sure, we did. We did. No, because I I tried to sneak in a thirteen and a half against you. You said no, fourteen's important. Well, that's what I took. I took fourteen, but I did say I thought Indiana would would hang in that game, and I did take guff from. Mark Hoke. Now, nobody hears the guff that I take from Hoke yeah. because it's not going well, on over the air. Well, accountable. That's what a good producer should do. Well, no, it's it's what it's Penn State or North Dakota State. Oh, if you say okay. anything Fair negative enough. about those two teams, yeah. Hoke's going to be in your ear. Trust gotcha. me. You don't wear the headset, so you don't have to hear it. All right. Um, <laughs> Maryland at Penn State. Speaking of uh, the Nittany Lions at home, 7-2, and 6-3 and three against the number. Uh, the Terps, 6-3, and three, but Talia Tungavailoa, he struggled last week as well. Another inclement weather game against Wisconsin. They lose it 23-10. to 10. They only had 189 total yards. Uh, Tungavailoa throwing for 77, rushing for a touchdown, but uh, they were beat basically on the field, both sides of the ball. Jarrett was uh, a little bit banged up in that game, wasn't able to go, but Dykes and Copeland went. They have eight touchdowns receiving on the year between them. Bo Brady, the junior, uh, doing a pretty good job on the defense for the Terps with 60 tackles for Penn State. You know, Clifford came out and then drew, is it pronounced Aller or Alar? Alar. Drew Alar had nine for 12 for 75 yards, but two touchdown passes. Uh, they got a great game on the ground from uh, Keytron Allen, a combination of 86 on the ground, three touchdowns, and receiving. He had two receptions for 72. Nicholas Singleton had 73 yards and a touchdown. Tinsley and Johnson, nine receptions, 106 and a touchdown. And then King and Tarburton combined for 11 tackles, a sack, and four and a half tackles for loss. For the Nittany Lions, again, they had six sacks, 16 Tackles for loss against Indiana in that 45-14 win. Penn State at home, minus 10, 56.5 against the Terps. I lean Penn State. I do think, generally speaking, though, Maryland's a little underrated because they played a game and a half with Tunga Vailoa, and then last week you'd throw that out with the really bad weather. But with that said, Penn State minus 10 seems a little cheap. All right, next game that we're coming back to is also a Big Ten affair. This will be Nebraska at <laughs> Michigan. And Nebraska, they're up against it quarterback-wise. Uh, Logan Smothers actually came in for Chuba Purdy. Purdy had rushed for a touchdown with 6 of 16 for 41 yards and an interception. Smothers finished up going 5 of 10 for 80 yards. Anthony Grant did have 115 on the ground. And at the half, it was 10 nothing Nebraska. In fact, after the first quarter, 10 nothing, But they got outscored 20-3 to in the second half and lost that game 20-13. to Caleb Tanner, defensive end had a pretty good game two and a half tackles for loss a sack and a half and uh, six tackles four of those solo uh, Nebraska minus seven in the turnover department on the season, minus eleven in the sack department. Uh, JJ McCarthy leads Michigan, and I like what this defense has done. They have twenty nine sacks; they've only given up ten. They're plus six in the turnover department. Mike Morris, defensive end, has seven and a half sacks, and Junior Colson, he's that all everything linebacker. The sophomore, sixty one tackles. Corum up for the Heisman, eleven hundred eighty seven yards, sixteen touchdowns on the ground. Edwards does a nice job complimenting him, and then Bell and Schoonmaker, Cornelius Johnson, seven touchdown receiving re- receptions. I should say. Between between those guys, what about Harbaugh's boys? They are at home in the uh, Maison Blue in the Big House, minus 31 against a backup quarterback or tandem of quarterbacks for Nebraska, 48 and a half your total. 
I'll go over. I think Michigan can almost get there themselves. Uh, I don't want to lay that many points, so 31's a lot, but uh, over for me. All right, so let's jump back to the AC, or let's go to the ACC with Louisville and Clemson. Yeah, second time because we went there with North Carolina and Wake Forest. Malik Cunningham and Louisville playing pretty good ball. Uh, they pounded James Madison last week, and it's not a bad James Madison team, and they outgained him 467 to 193. Look, Louisville's won four in a row, and when you look back at their losses, you know, the loss to BC, uh, they just let that game get away, and they lost 34-33. They lost a 35-31 game to Florida State, and then the opener of the year got shocked by Syracuse 31-7, just couldn't get any sync going in that game. They're plus 10 in the turnover department. Sonogo, pretty solid, had 13 tackles in that win last week against JMU. Evans on the ground had 126 and a touchdown, and uh, Hudson, six receptions, 142 and a touchdown, while Malik Cunningham, look, he's rushed for 541 and 11 touchdowns on the year. He's only thrown for eight and four picks, but he's a good dual-threat quarterback, no question. Louisville, at Clemson, and it's a Clemson team that's got to shake off the loss. Not just a loss, but a beatdown yeah. loss in South Bend. Trailed the game 28-0. DJ Uliangalele threw for 191 and a touchdown, but a pick. Klubnik came in, didn't do much, uh, didn't play much. Uh, the team only rushed for 90 yards on 25 carries. Shipley had 63 of those, and it was just a long, long game for Clemson. When a team gets the bubble burst, sometimes they – just have trouble, but they yep. know that they still have a chance. They are unbeaten in their side. They're going to play in that championship game against North Carolina. But do they beat Louisville in this game? I don't know. I didn't bet the game. I could see them losing outright. And that's saying something because they have a 38-game home winning streak, Clemson does. Louisville's playing their best football. I, I, I don't know. I didn't bet the game. I'll watch it, but I didn't bet it. Louisville catching seven, 52 the total from Death Valley. I could see that line coming down, KT. You can. Okay, yep. so we'll keep an eye on that. We've got Kansas State and Baylor as we jump to the Big 12. Uh, I just like Adrian Martinez, and I wish he didn't get hurt at all this year. I mean, tough game against uh, Texas last week, and they came back and had you sweating a little bit. You were on Texas in Not that to game. To say the least, man. Yeah, no doubt. Martinez fumbled. He had actually fumbled several times, but this one they yeah. lost. And uh, you know, I was jumping up and down. You were happy. Uh, another <laughs> North Dakota State Bison uh, coach there, Chris Kleiman, doing a nice job there. And uh, he's got a really good defensive end in Felix. And Adike Uzoma with seven and a half sacks. Justin Moore, also, or Austin Moore, I should say, also doing a nice job on the defense for K-State. And that's one of your favorite places, Manhattan, where uh, Kelly Stewart, of course, uh, lost many brain cells there when she was going to college. <laughs> uh, Deuce Vaughn, pretty solid game. Year in, year out, this guy has been solid for K-State. And last week, he only rushed for 73, which is to see him under 100 is a, uh, you know, you got to alert the media. But he had seven receptions for 86 and a touchdown. Knowles and Warren are pretty good solid combination. But going to Baylor, taking on, you know, Blake Shapin and the guys. And if I told you Shapin only threw for 132 and an interception, you would have thought they lost to Oklahoma. But they found a way to win the game in Norman, 38-35. Why? Because Craig Williams, 192 and two touchdowns on the ground. They rushed for 280. One and five touchdowns, nearly six yards of carry as a team. Dylan Doyle, 15 tackles for Baylor at home. Coach Aranda's team for the Baylor Bears uh, trying to find that number there. And there it is. They are minus two and a half, total 52 and a half. You know what Craig Williams' nickname is? Cadillac Jr. No, it's Squirrel. Oh, Squirrel. That's yeah, right. Squirrel. That's right. Uh, tough game. I bet Kansas State plus five through the very key number three. Can't bet it now. It's a really intriguing game. That's funny that you said that because I remember back in the day and I was, you know, thought I knew all this stuff from my dad in baseball and all of a sudden 
I'm like, who is this guy, Larry Wilson? I go, I've never heard of this guy, and this guy's got all these statistics. I'm going through it. It was Hack Wilson. So everybody (laughs) called him Hack Wilson, who holds the record for RBIs in a season, I think 191. And he had this ridiculous year where he hit like 383 and and just 191 RBIs, 58 home runs. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And once I saw that stat line, I said, oh, that's Hack Wilson, because I remember that phenomenal season that he had back in the day. All right, uh, let's keep on moving. Uh, Stanford and Utah is a big one for the Utes because they're not out of it. I mean, they'd need a ton of things to happen and they're go their out. way. I know, but uh, got to get them in there because they are ranked 13th in the Need them to the win the these two of these last three games for a season win total. Yeah, there you go. They're minus 24 at home, 54 the total. And again, personnel-wise, you know, it hasn't been – uh, what we expected there as far as for Utah, uh, but they are at home and they play their best ball at Rice Echo Stadium. What about the Utes at home against Stanford? They should take care of business. They should, but I'm not laying that kind of number. I mean, if the weather's okay, over. I took the over. 47.5 is what they opened it. Uh, can't bet it now. I just, ugh, I, I can't believe how bad Stanford is. I can't believe they beat Notre Dame. Yeah, no doubt. We drop on down, Pac-12 again, Washington at Oregon. This is a border war, and Washington's catching a Baker's dozen. 13 total is 73. It's a Washington team that was uh, doing pretty good under Kalen DeBoer. They struggled last week, and they were very fortunate last Friday to beat Oregon State. They had to outscore them 10-0 in the fourth quarter. Yardage-wise, they did have a 398-262 advantage. Camp Break did a nice job on the defense. Adunzi and McMillan, 11 catches for 161. But it was Talapapa, the transfer from Virginia, that got the two blue-collar touchdowns that they needed. Penix Jr. threw for 298, a touchdown and a pick. Cam Davis also 55 on the ground in this game. Oregon is favored 13, total 73, and Bo Nix continues to excel, three for two touchdowns, 274, rushed for two more touchdowns. Irving and Whittington, we know on the ground, have been pretty good. Chris Hudson, four catches for 80 yards, and Christian Gonzalez led the defense with a couple picks last week as they got the job done 49-10 to against Colorado, going through the motions there. Now the Ducks laying 13, 73 your total against Washington. Two teams head in opposite directions. Five straight covers for Oregon, five straight non-covers for Washington, lean Oregon. All right, Alabama. Oh, let me see. I'm sorry, Arizona and UCLA. Let's go to that game next. Arizona at UCLA and Jaden Delora and company catching a lot of points now. 20 big ones, 77 from Pasadena. And Wiley's back in the backfield with DJ Williams. Now, Cowing was listed as questionable. He did leave last game, and he's their leading receiver. Singer's not bad, uh, but they really need uh, both those guys. Arizona, minus seven turnovers, minus seven in the sack department. And DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the product from Bishop Gorman, doing a nice job. They were without Charbonnet last week, but Allen and Jones combined for 230 and two touchdowns on the ground. Jones had a receiving touchdown. Bobo, three receptions for 64, and Muasu uh, leading the team defensively, and then Latu, eight sacks. So Chip's got a couple defensive guys that are pretty good. Bruins, minus 20, 77 your total. Lean Arizona, too many points, especially with the high total. TCU at Texas. This is a huge game, and uh, Max Duggan hoping that he has his uh, – go-to guy, but you're saying, you know, with the ankle injury, Quentin Johnson uh, not going to be 100% if he goes. So Tay Barber and Darius Davis have to step up big time, and they're going to have to rely on Kendry Miller, who had 158 and a touchdown in the win over Tech last week. Again, 21-7. 
they were able to outscore the Red Raiders in the fourth quarter to get that win. And Miller has help from DiMercato, who's a pretty good dual threat back. Duggan doing his job, didn't throw any picks, only 195, but a couple touchdowns. And then D. Winters leads that defense. He is solid. Last week, he had four tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. And then Hodges and Hodge, pretty good linebackers as well. 108 tackles between them for the Horn Frogs, taking on Quinn Ewers in Texas. But John Robinson, how about the game he had last week? 209 and a touchdown on the ground, 34 receiving. Roshan Johnson, another 62 and a touchdown on the ground. Sanders, Worthy, Whittington, pretty good. Overshown leads that defense. Texas, plus nine in the sack department. At home, it is the Longhorns, now minus seven and a half, 65. Yeah, I'm part of the Texas money here. I think they're the sharper side. I think they get margin. TCU's been extremely fortunate. Look at all the backup quarterbacks they face in the second half of games. Oklahoma, Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders was banged up, and then last week Morton gets hurt. When they're trailing, I mean, I just, I think Texas is legit. They win by 10. Alabama at Oxford, Ole Miss. After beating A&M, they had the bye. So this is a team that does get pressure on the opposing quarterback, which is a way that you're able to slow down Bryce Young. They have 25 sacks. They've only given up seven. A couple senior linebackers in Brown and Sistrunk, very good. And Finley, outstanding safety as well on the defense there for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart, he can do it all. The transfer from USC rushed for 95 yards in that game against A&M, and he threw three touchdown passes. But it was really Quinshawn Judkins that had 205 and a touchdown. Uh, Evans, another 75 rushing and 30 receiving out of the backfield. And then Mingo is their big time receiver taking on Bama and Bryce Young and they come off that heartbreaking loss to LSU they went first in the overtime they got their seven but Brian Kelly after getting six he didn't hesitate like he did against Florida State in the opener they went for two and Jaden Daniels came up big Jameer Gibbs not a bad dual threat game again the transfer from Georgia Tech doing his job Moody led the defense along with Helms but Alabama going to try and avoid a three loss season for the first time in a hell of a long time Bama minus 12 64 and a half from Oxford you like Ole Miss I'm scared about their defense. I do like that they're coming off a bye. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the 12. I need 14. I don't want Bama, which is something saying something because after a straight-up loss, they've covered eight in a row by 11 points per game. They just haven't come off two losses and been out of the national title picture for the most part at this point in the season. I don't know. But you did beat me in games last week, but this one I beat you. I had LSU. Yeah, you crushed me. All right, so that was good. I felt crushed good about me. that game. Yeah, it's, I, you always say that. You're, he's like Lou Holtz, just like the guy he grew up watching. Like, <laughs> yeah, I very mean, much he's like telling him. Me, he's telling me uh, Lou Holtz was yeah. the greatest, man, telling you how great La Tech is. And, of course, his kid ends up going there to, yeah. to be a coach. But uh, speaking of LSU, they're at Arkansas. Look, I, I know K.J. Jefferson's not 100%, but this is still a dangerous game. Brian Kelly, though, a big-time coach, will let them know. That's all well and good that you got the one-point win against Alabama, but you better focus on Arkansas if you want to represent the West in that SEC championship game. So work still ahead of them. Jaden Daniels, again, threw for two touchdowns, rushed for 95, and got that touchdown first play of overtime, then one for two, got it. But it's a game they could have easily lost and probably should have lost. Ojolari leads that defense along with Baskerville. Arkansas, they're dangerous with Sanders and Green out of the backfield. Landers and Hazelwood, pretty good receivers. Your take here, Arkansas at home. The joint's going to be jumping. They took Alabama to the fourth quarter in a five-point game. LSU laying three and a half, 62 the total. Where are you, Brad? I like Arkansas. It's just a classic. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best play of the week, but it's just a classic auto bet for me. It's just a buy low. Arkansas off a, you know, outright loss as a two-touchdown favorite against Liberty. Sell high LSU off an outright win as a two-touchdown uh, underdog last week. 
I think spot says Arkansas, Give me right. a, especially over a field goal. I agree with you. The last game on the docket, of course, is uh, Georgia, and they are laying 16.5, 53.5. Will Rogers, again, can, he, what, can this guy take care of business as far as keeping the ball in his team's uniform's hands? That's the main thing. He cannot turn the ball over. Had one interception in the overtime win against Auburn, but the defense got chewed up in the second half, 27-9. to That's what forced the overtime. Jaquavius Mark's going to have to do better than he did on the ground. Uh, Thomas and Ducking, pretty good receivers there. The defense, though, is anemic. They fumbled the ball five times. They only lost two of them. Rodgers losing those two, but they held on and got the 39-33 win. Look, if they score early, the cowbells can get loud. If they don't, they can get blown out. If you see that George defense that we've seen the last couple weeks they're flexing their muscles nine sacks in the last two weeks they haven't given up any including six on Hendon Hooker last week eight tackles for loss uh they were two and two in the turnover department or the game could have been worse Edwards and McIntosh doing a good job in the backfield and McConkey underrated and Brock Bowers one of the best tight ends in the country your take here uh Mississippi State at home in Starkville uh they are right now plus 16 and a half total 53 and a half against Georgia yeah, I wouldn't be interested in Mississippi State unless it got the 17. Actually, right now I'd lean Georgia. I just think they'll have Mississippi State's offense figured out in the game. All right. Uh, Brad, real quick uh, before we jump over to the pros, we'll have about uh, 12 minutes to jump into the pros. But Georgia, Mississippi at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, Georgia Tech, did they lose any of those games? No. Ohio State. Uh, and what I don't like about college football is I went through these these teams in the, that are in the playoff rankings. Both Ohio State and Michigan, eight home games, four road games. Absolutely pathetic that yep. they get away with that, including Ohio State's first five games on the road. And here's what I'm talking about. When you play your first five on the road and you have freshmen. First five you, at home. First, uh, first five at home. When you put, what did I say? Road. Oh, I'm sorry. First five at home. Uh, and they, out of the eight home games, they only have four road games. So uh, forgive me on that. Thank you, Brad. Sometimes trying to go faster than I can uh, because we're against the, the clock there. But when you play your first five games at home, you're able to dress more players. You're able to f- see what you have on some new recruits that are coming in. So by the time game six, you go on the road, you have a good feeling of what your personnel can do. Michigan and Ohio State <laughs> to a T this year. Well, you know, Settled in. Although I give Ohio State credit. They played Notre Dame in the opener, at least. Michigan didn't play anybody. That's right. Uh, Michigan's last three games, Nebraska and Illinois at home. I think Illinois could be a little bit tricky there. And at Ohio State, they also eight home games, four road games. TCU, I like it. Six home games, six road games. Tennessee, seven at home, five on the road. Oregon, six at home, six uh, five on the road, but I really make it six and six because their neutral game was at the Georgia Dome against Georgia in the opener. LSU, seven at home, four on the road, one neutral, but that neutral was at the Superdome against Florida State. They did lose that game, so it's really like eight home games for LSU. USC, seven and five, seven home, five road. Alabama, seven home, five road. And uh, Clemson, seven home. Home four road one neutral the neutral game in Georgia against Georgia Tech and uh, that's basically the the only other team in the top thirteen was Utah six home and six road and that's the way it should be for everybody six home games six road games mm. if you play a neutral game then you know I'll give you a break there but uh, you know I don't like to see eight and four especially starting with five straight home games and Wisconsin does that a lot as well. Uh, they've been doing that for years. Let's jump to the NFL. Uh, Seahawks and Buccaneers. This game will be from Munich. And the Bucks and Brady finding a way to get it done against the Rams late, very late in the waning seconds. But they got the win. Gives them some momentum to go to Georgia. I mean, to go to, go to Georgia, boy. To go to Germany. They both start with GKT. That's not bad. Uh, Buccaneers minus 2.5, 44.5. 
Again, Geno Smith, man, also starts with G, but I got to give him credit. This guy continues to play good ball, and they got it done against Arizona. I was very impressed. What about this game? Because I can't trust the total over 44.5 just because the Bucks are having trouble moving the ball. I want to take the Seahawks, but I have a feeling Brady's just going to come up big in Europe, maybe forgetting about the divorce he's going through. Yeah, lean under, lean dog, but I tied, I think Seattle's a good teaser option because of suppressed scoring. I don't know. I mean, we never haven't seen a game in Germany, so there you I don't go. Know. I think it's going to be a ruckus crowd. It's been sold out for a long time. We'll see how it pans out, but I do like the way that Seattle's playing, especially Lockett really stepping up big time. You, you think so they won the trade, trade, don't you? At least at this point, oh, Russell big time, Wilson, big time trade? boy. Oh I'll God. tell you what, and I and I I just looked at that as a go against with Geno Smith, but I got to give the kid credit; he's really playing good ball. The boy, Carroll J- can coach still, no doubt. Uh, Jags at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs lucky to get a win. In fact, it's a game Tennessee gave away. Chiefs minus nine and a half, fifty and a half against the Jags. Uh, Jags finally getting a win, but you know against the Raiders, of course. So that really did not help me at all as far as my down seventeen nothing. They won. It's uh, by the way against statistically the Raiders in their sixty year history only blew five games when they led by seventeen or more. They have lost three of those games this year in their first eight. Unbelievable statistic. Jaguars plus nine and a half in Kansas City. What about it? Can uh, Lawrence get it together there? I think this is if it's under ten, I'm going to play KC. I couldn't agree more. Not a big play, but lean KC, anything under 10. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they, they win by 10. I think they win by more than 10. I think they win by 17. So I'm going to take I'll KC. I'll take Jacksonville plus 16. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> uh, Texans and the Giants. Giants off a of bye. Uh, Saquon Barkley, what a year he's having. But I like the way the Texans are playing. I, I really do like the way uh, that Davis Mills has played. He's played much better than I thought. And, you know, Pierce has been phenomenal out of the backfield. Now, I know uh, Cooks is out. Uh, that hurts there for uh, the Texans. The Giants, again, off the bye, would like to pick it up where they left off, basically, as far as 6-2 and two in the first half. If they can go, you know, even 5-4 and four in the second half for them, that will be saying something big time. And the NFC East flexing all teams over 500 except Washington. At four and five, Giants minus four and a half, forty and a half from MetLife. Oh wow, money continues to come in on Houston here. I'm a lean Giants. All right, leaning Giants off the buy. Saints minus one and a half at Steelers, and I'll tell you right now, I'm on the Steelers. Why? Because T.J. Watt is back in the lineup, and that's huge for me. You can meet T.J. Watt along with Fitzpatrick, and I love that combination there. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh against New Orleans. Look, Andy Dalton, he knows the NFC North or AFC North. He knows Pittsburgh very well. Uh, but I think Pittsburgh's going to get pressure. I'm wondering what's happening with Jameis Winston. There's got to be some type of dissension there, him thinking that he should be the quarterback, that Dalton was a backup, and now Dalton has stayed there for the first-year head coach in Dennis Allen. You're taking this one. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. They're plus a point and a half. Give me Pittsburgh on the money line. Total is 40. There you go. I like Pittsburgh in a teaser. Give me uh, plus seven and a half in a teaser. All right, Lions and Bears. Well, I'll tell you, that offense is fun to watch now with Justin Fields running. How about 178 yards on the ground, setting an NFL record there. And, you know, he's got some mates now and now getting, a, you know, Chase Claypool coming over from Pittsburgh. I like this this Chicago Bears offense. Defensively, you know, they've got some work to do, especially trading away a couple key cogs. Uh, the Lions come in off the 15-9 win against Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, basically gift-wrapped a few of those interceptions. He had three of them. But give the Lions credit. They took advantage, and the defense was able to hold on. The Bears are minus 2.5, 48.5. You're minus some juice there. This is Westgate Superbook numbers we're using. Uh, he's minus 3 at the Circa, but 2.5 at the Westgate and also Caesars. I'll take the Bears on the money line here against the Lions. 
I'll take the two and a half even with the more expensive juice. One of my favorite plays of the week. All right. One of my favorite plays. I should say not take. Lay. Lay. Oh, you'll lay it. Lay the two and a half. Okay. So I thought you were taking the Lions. We almost had a bet No, 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 no. All right. Sorry. Misspoke. Okay. There you go. Very, very rarely. But you're you're able to correct me, thank God. And I'm glad you do because I have no idea how bad I screw up BP when I'm going as fast as I am. And uh, yeah, I do want to thank you as far as that. You, You, Those corrections are well warranted. All right. So we drop on down to the Browns and Dolphins. The Browns are off a bye. Uh, we know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We thought Hunt could be gone during the trade uh, before the trade deadline, but that didn't uh, transpire. The defense is good enough, and Miles Garrett is really coming to his own as better one of the best pass rushers in the game. But Miami still making moves. They got the other Chubbs, so the two Chubbs go head to head in this game. I do like that the Dolphins are playing good ball, but it's three and a half even money. If it drops to three, I would take the Dolphins. I know a lot of people are on the Browns, forty nine the total, but I'm not sold on Jacoby Brissett. He makes mistakes still, and I'm not sold on the receiving core being that great. I think Miami's going to be able to outscore Cleveland, especially at home. Give me the Dolphins. If it drops to three, uh, right now it's three and a half, 49-year total in Miami. Slight leans on the Dolphins in the over. Vikings and Bills, I'm feeling like Josh Allen will not go in this game. But I'm okay with that because Case Keenum is good enough. And who would he like to stick it to more than the team that gave up on him after he took him to an incredible record in the playoffs, the Minnesota Vikings? Vikings come a-calling into Buffalo. Look, Buffalo's a quality team. They're not just Josh Allen, but he's the guy they need if they're going to go and win a Super Bowl. But I'll take the Bills, minus 3.5, 43.5. I think Buffalo beats Minnesota. Minnesota's got some fraudulent wins on the road. I give Kirk Cousins credit. He's finding ways to win games. You've got Thielen. You've got Jefferson, two of the better receivers. And K.J. Osborne's pretty good in his own right. Defense is playing pretty good ball. At the end of the day, I think Buffalo wins this game by a touchdown. Couldn't agree more. I'm going to fade all the money against Buffalo here. I think Minnesota's a fraudulent team. Broncos and the Titans, Russell Wilson against Malik Willis, it looks like. Now, if Tannehill goes, I'll be all over the Titans. I think Tannehill might go. Okay, if he goes, I'm on the Titans big time. If uh, if he does not, again, what did I tell you about Malik Willis? I'm not sold on this kid. He played at Liberty. <laughs> Look, he, he runs the Liberty's ball. Liberty's better without him. Oh, I'm just saying, the kid's throwing for 80, huh. 80 yards a game. I can't trust that guy. He's a very <laughs> inaccurate passer. He's not like a Teddy Bridgewater that comes from Louisville and throws the ball 75% of the time to his team. Malik Willis does not do that, and he's having trouble. Yes, he can mix it up. And when you have Derrick Henry, who's also banged up, you know, you you got at least an out there, just hand off the ball to Derrick. But I think the Titans, if Tannehill's back, take care of business against the Broncos and Russell Wilson, who found a way to get it done in London. It is the Broncos catching two and a half, 39 your total. I like Denver in a teaser, plus eight and a half. All right. Very uh, low total. Come on, you got to take the dog there, KT. Biggest, yeah, here's the biggest game of the week. It's the Raiders at home, minus four and a half. At Soldier Field, game of the week. good Lord, against the Colts. So we thought this was going to be a big game. I'm g- glad my buddy that was selling his tickets was able to sell them before both these teams <laughs> yeah. went in the crapper. I mean, unbelievable. Raiders minus four and a half. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, they're on IR. They cut Jonathan Abram, which Green Bay picked him up right away. I think Abram will be a big-time defensive player. That's my personal feeling. Look, he needs to make uh, adjustments, but this kid's a hard hitter, and uh, I just really think he's going to be able to take care of business in the future, but he's not fitting into the plans for Josh McDaniel and Pat- Josh McDaniels, uh, McDaniel and Patrick Graham. Uh, in this game, the Colts are catching four and a half, 41 and a half. Jeff Saturday takes over for the Colts. You got some kid that's uh, going to be calling plays. If the Raiders can't win this game, they ought to go back to Oakland. Minus four and a half, 41 and a half. Can't bet the game. Just can't. There's way too many question marks for me. Cowboys at Did you Packers. bet the Raiders? No. No, I can't. 
Cowboys at Packers. Cowboys minus four and a half, 44. Line has dropped a half point since yesterday. Don't forget it's the Rams still, game. Oh, I'm sorry. Cardinals-Rams. Yeah, I did miss that game. Okay, let's go Cardinals-Rams real quick. And uh, it's a game the Rams won the opener in Arizona. Look, I can't bet on Arizona. Kyler Murray and, and company are struggling mightily. Uh, Mark, how much time do we have? We've got three minutes to get these three games in. Okay, so we've got... Uh, we got just enough time. Rams are minus one and a half, 40 and a half against the Cardinals. With Stafford banged up in concussion protocol, I can't trust the backup quarterbacks. I'll stay away from the game. Agree. Packers now with Cowboys. Packers at home. They've dropped five in a row. Could it be six? We'll see. They've got the better defense, and Micah Parsons is healthy for this game, so Rodgers better be leery, better throw it to the guys in his colors. Uh, 44 is your total at Lambeau. Cowboys are the favorite, and I'll probably end up taking Dallas. I know a lot of people. Yes, I know a lot of people are, again, liking Aaron Rodgers because somehow (laughs) he's going to win this game. I'm not sold he's got a receiving core that's going to help him out enough, and he misuses Aaron Jones and Dylan. Dylan's healthy, but Jones is nicked up, and if he has trouble running the ball, the Packers are going to lose. The last time the Cowboys went there, they pummeled the Packers in Lambeau. Under for me. Chargers and 49ers Sunday night. I'll just tell you, with McCaffrey getting reps in now off the bye, I'll take him. Mike Williams is out for the Chargers. I'll lay the seven. No problem. That'll be covered in the first quarter. I think the Niners roll by double digits with Debo Samuel back in the lineup. 45 and a half the total. San Francisco, my pick to go to the Super Bowl if the roster remains intact, representing the NFC. I like the Niners Sunday night football minus seven. I took San Fran in a teaser, down to one. Love it. I but I would that. lean that way at seven, too. And then the Eagles, undefeated, unblemished. Mark Hoke in his glory. They are at home in Philly against the Washington Commanders. Uh, 44 is your total. Commanders, as I said, the only team in either Eastern Division out of eight teams that is under 500. All the other teams are over 500, seven of eight. Pretty impressive. They're only a game under. It's a divisional game. They're catching 11, 44 the total, Monday night football. I like Washington, plus 11. Too many points for a division game. There you go. Mark Hoke, uh, your North Dakota State Bison, are they in action this week? Southern Illinois, I think they play about a seven-point favorite. All right, so Walt Frazier and the Salukis will be in action. Uh, no, he's on the hardwood, of course. And Southern Illinois did get a nice upset win the other night in college basketball. Tons of college basketball. Keep an eye on all that stuff. We'll start getting into that uh, in the next week or so. But I'm following all the games. Folks, have an incredible weekend. Appreciate you bearing with me. Brad Powers, it's been a tough week over here election-wise, both in Nevada and Arizona. Hopefully uh, by next Friday football fiasco, we have the ballots counted. We'll get to work on that right after the show. Appreciate they you. need help. Big time. Brad Powers, the best. At Brad Powers, seven is the uh, Twitter handle for him. At Mark Show, at Ken Thompson 87, at SportsX Radio. Till Monday, when KT's going to be in studio with Fish and Hoke, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, KDWN. We appreciate you folks. Tell the show, tell your friends about the show. We are live from Vegas. Archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Talk to you next week. God bless. Good night, everybody.